Hello there, everyone. Chris Manning here from the Locked on Cavs podcast with my co-host Evan Damerill on today's show. This is all about Cavs Pelicans, which was certainly a basketball game that happened and that that people watched it. We're going to talk about it was a 93 to 90 Cavs when they grounded it out, overcame a nine point deficit in the fourth quarter and without Darius Garland. We're going to dive into all of that and more on today's show. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we dive too deep into today's show, we want to thank you for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every single day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms that includes YouTube where we are over a thousand subscribers, which is great, but we want to keep those numbers growing. Why not help us out and go subscribe today. If you're listening on Apple podcasts or Spotify, your favorite podcast platform of choice, all you got to do scroll down, click into the show notes. I'll take you right to it. I made it easy for you. Boom, boom, boom. Evan, how are you, buddy? You, you were at this game in person and this game was uh, a, sl- a slug fest. Um, friend of the pod and bestie, chat queen and browns coverage queen ashley bastock texting me because she's covering the games for cleveland.com now as well and uh she said she deserves hazard hazard pay after that first half i think anyone in attendance there does as well um this was an ugly game jb vickerstaff said this Cavs team is designed to win ugly and they don't need to be pretty all the time before we get started though shouts to kevin love who apparently Stopped traffic in Independence the other day to save a dog that was hurt on the side of the road. And, you know, that's just really cool. And just two two thumbs up. He's my MVP off the court. Just, just so I can have it for the graphic. Can you do that thumbs up again for me? Got it. Beautiful. This is what we Thanks. call live. This is it's called podcasting. Shouts to episode one of Star Wars. But Evan, this was, uh, I think, perhaps the ugliest game of the calf season. Oh, I hated that reference. That was terrible. <laughs> me a second. Of, like, click, click, click the light bulb turned on. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I made a you don't like Olivia Rodrigo, which is just like a felony in my opinion. And you didn't like when I texted you earlier. So I'm just going to butcher some things in today that are going to see how, we'll see what you don't like. And you Fair don't enough. Like, so. Fair enough. We're, we're gonna go for it, Evan. This was just like not a game that I had like had fun watching. <laughs> like, um, like that doesn't matter. No. Like for them, they got to win. Like you know, they didn't have Darius Garland, who was came into the game questionable, but had a some is can use to deal with some lower back issues. They didn't start a point guard for the first half. Uh, they went Jetty Osmond, Isaac Okora, Dean Wade, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and then they bring a Goodwin, who we'll talk about a lot. I'm sure comes into the second half and played great um, as the starter in the second half, but like. Look, a win is a win. And like mm-hmm. if you're the Cavs who are jostling for playoff position in the Eastern Conference, which is like really like again, like I, it is still bizarre for us to think about, but the Cavs are in a spot where it's like, oh, we have to think about every game as playoff seating. Like they play the Hornets on Friday. That game is going to matter as far as playoff seating goes. The 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 76ers ended up winning tonight. So like the Cavs were able to keep kind of kind of say half a game behind them or, or so in the East. Um, because they won in overtime due to a very weird game in, in Philadelphia. I don't know if you saw that, how how that ended up, but oh boy. But the Cavs are still top six. They're still kind of winning games. And like Charlotte is sneakily only three games back of the Cavs right now. They are twenty as we're recording this, twenty eight and twenty-three. The Cavs are thirty-one and twenty-one. This is gonna be tight. And Toronto's coming up hard as well here. So a lot of stuff every little win here is gonna matter. And I think especially after Sunday's kind of eh, 
performance uh, where they, they won a game that everyone seemed to think that they should have won, including the Cavs themselves. Winning this without Darius is, could just matter in the long run. I think that's really all that matters here. Yeah, I think that is what really all that matters in the long run. I think we'll talk about some of our takeaways a little bit more here, but I really think we are starting to see Evan Mobley hit a rookie wall a little bit. He was good against Detroit. I think most players would be good against Detroit, and the Cavs just kind of fell apart in the second half. Jerry Allen was a big prospect of why the Cavs kind of fell apart in the second half against Detroit on Sunday night. But like Evan Mobley, looked, this is probably his worst game. And, you know, that's kind of rare to say at this point, but I'm just interested to see maybe if it's more Rajon Rondo being on the floor and getting used to him or the lack of Ricky Rubio. I'm really curious to see what this Cavs team does. Um, we were talking about it before we recorded, like, and Justin Rowe in front of the pod pointed out the Cavs have like four games, I think, until the trade deadline hits. And yeah. that's just absolutely bonkers it's, to me. Uh, so. Yeah, February February tenth. If people aren't aware, is the deadline. So we're, this is next week. This is, you know, you're going to get through this week, and then next week is is the last chance to really meaningfully upgrade the roster because, like, this I is not know. a, this is not going to be a, like, um, bio team. This is going to be a, a. This is a trade team. If they're going to make any sort of additions, it is going to be via trade. Like, it's going to have to become via trade. I think. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree, but I want everyone to manifest the en- energy with me right now because of the day before I turned 29, so this year will be the best year of the last year of my 20s, and the Cavs will make a move at the deadline because if Darius Garland <clears throat> sits out some games because of his back issue until it kind of really just settles out, and I don't know if it will at this point. I think they're just going to have to take it. It's just going to be a pain management thing, and I think maybe they saw an opportunity against New Orleans tonight just to let give him the night off. But um, especially on a back to back, but I hope to God the Cavs make a move because this this game was abhorrent. Like I had zero fun watching it. Like it sucked all the energy out of me. And the halftime show, don't even remember the performers' names, but they're like a Vegas um, Cirque du Soleil act, and that that, that resparked my interest. Brandon Goodwin was really fun down the stretch. I think we'll definitely talk about that more in the third segment after we dish out awards and everything. But like. Mm-hmm. This cat. This was ugly. Um, like you can use a lot of coach speech and vernacular to say like, "Oh, the Cavs could win ugly." Blah blah blah. Like this is just ugly because they're they're really dependent on Darius Garland. This team is so dependent on Darius Garland to to function. Like it is crazy. And like honestly, uh, I Goodwin might be more useful than Rondo to some degree. Bro, I feel my soul leaving my body when I see Rajon Rondo spotting up from three and then trying to take it with confidence. Yeah, it's like the antithesis. Like the the fact that the Cavs are really trying to ask Rondo to play, they need to adjust the offense. They really do. And maybe like it's hard to do that in the midst of the season, but like you can't ask Rajon Rondo to step in and say and tell him, hey, I need you to play a similar role to Ricky Rubio where he kind of plays free and within the not within the offense. Sometimes he facilitates and takes his own just like heat check shots because Jetty Osmond tried to do that too tonight, and um, <laughs> that wasn't good either. Like, and yeah, Turkish, Jetty Turkish was team, good. Turkish team Jetty is a is Turkish national team Jetty exists in, in Olympic cycles for a reason. 
is, is, like Olympic is, Rubio exists in Olympic cycles the, for a reason. Like the the last shot that Jetty took was, I think, like a really good encapsulation of like why this is a problem and like why you get a game like this because like he just kind of like way number one. I, I I think one of the worst things that every team does is like waste time in those possessions. Like it is so you're just like loading up and loading up and loading up, and then you just like you go and you throw up like a shot. Jetty just like threw up like a bad floater, and it's like that was bad offensive process. That was bad just kind of asking him to do too much he's not kevin durant like you can't ask him to do that it's too much of of darius in, 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 in my opinion right like he may you know he may have had the, the summer picture with with Kawhi and lebron and phil handy and whatever but like that that's just asking too much of jetty osman as far as doing that and it's like you just watch this game and it's like oh yeah the Cavs like kind of had to win the, like we'll get to this in, in plays of the night but like the fact that this game, like ultimately, like yes, they weren't ugly, all that stuff. You in the Pelicans missed a, a ton of threes that could have tilted this game in another direction as well. But like, good lord, um, the offense is just like dead in in a lot of ways when they don't have Darius Garland, and that is like that that is if I it just we keep saying this right, like we I feel like we've talked about this every we've day. Circled this point, week. like uh, yeah, we've circled this point so many like, times. It's just like the like light shining in our faces that it's like, okay, this is like the going weakness of the team. They have to well, address it. If they don't address it at the, in the deadline, they're going to have to address that, it in the summer. Yeah, and no, for sure. But it's also clear indicated this league does not operate like NBA 2K where trades just manifest like that. Like, uh, I want to have firm faith that because Kobe Alvin just has a history of being aggressive as a general manager that he is working the phones and slowly putting together a trade. Apparently, Eric Gordon just laid an absolute goose egg tonight against the Warriors, so maybe that tanks his trade value a little bit. But I'm curious to see what the Cavs do. Um, I, I wonder if like maybe Gary Harris is the name to watch as the Magic are just trying to get worse and worse as the season goes on. Um, Pro- they just gotta find. Just they just that, gotta that, find a. They gotta find a younger body with way less mileage on their body as well. Yeah, just kind of sop up some of that shot creation that Rubio is trying to do. Like, yeah, you can ask Rondo to act as a playmaker in this offense. You're gonna have to because he's gonna be the backup point. Um, but it's certainly telling the current state of Rajon Rondo physically as a player. When I mean, yeah, Brandon Goodwin was hot, but like. I've seen quite a bit of Brandon Goodwin footage at this point for the Cavs. And I would say that I would give more minutes to him maybe at times going forward. Like if Goodwin's not hot, pull the hook. It's pretty easy. But if he's on, just roll with it and not play Rondo. Yeah, I do like that they gave him some G League minutes. And um, on, on the center, if we're talking trade names, I've said it before, I think Derek White would be the name that I'm just like most. Be quite, that would be, be quite fascinated if they could uh, – could go that way. But all right, after the break, we're going to get into our awards. So that's MVP stat of the night and play of the night uh, from, again, not a very fun game, but there was still some some fun stuff to talk about. But first, got to tell everyone about a new sponsor, and that's TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. I think that because, like, I'm a freelancer, and, like, freelance taxes are really complicated. But for TurboTax Live Experts, that's what makes things interesting. Well, bro, it's also really hard for us because we're a multi-trillion dollar podcast. We've gone down. But yeah, who's, taxes who are, are like, tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're just franking money. But like, we all have unique lives. Whether you're invested in crypto for the first time this year, own an up and coming small business, or raging rambunctious twins. That's seven. Luckily, TurboTax has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, 
or do your taxes from you start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve no matter your unique situation. And you can talk to a TurboTax Live Expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax Live Experts are here to help you however you need. And if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them and they'll do it all for you. To TurboTax Live Experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. Evan, tell everyone also about our friends, a returning sponsor in Rock Auto. I know it's been a while. I haven't heard from them, but you know, you can save time and money when using rock auto, but the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rock auto at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend up to even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 at a chain store and only $216 at Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer today. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, more oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find a solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on there. How did you hear about this box? They know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. Evan, let's get into our awards. Uh, the Cavs, again, win this game. I, I think I think we got to start with MVP. And my MVP is a co-MVP because I'm going to say J.B. Bickerstaff gets a little bit of love here for starting Brandon Goodwin the second half as a good adjustment. But the answer is really Brandon Goodwin. Career high or tied a career high with 21 points. Played with a lot of energy. Had made some really difficult shots when the Cavs just kind of needed someone to do something. A really, really impressive performance from him. Um, again, it's it's very funny how sometimes like roster stuff works out. He was a hardship exception. He has outplayed Pangos. Again, I think he, there's argument that he's better than Rajon Rondo at this point in their respective careers, at least from a definitely better than Taco Fall. <sighs> Yo, he's made so a more meaningful impact than Taco Fall ever did on that two way deal. Salute to the uh, the jersey sales for Taco Fall, I guess. But like you know, Brandon Goodwin uh, switch hey, numbers. Man, that's no joke. The Charge auction off their jerseys and Taco oh, Fall I, jerseys approached five hundred dollars. Yeah, I was tracking the Kid Cudi jersey stuff because I was just a little little curious, and uh, the Taco one sold for more than everyone else. But look, Gooden stat line: twenty seven minutes, eight of eleven from the field, three of four from three, which is the key thing there. Uh, only cat, only other cap to make more than two three pointers was uh, Kevin Love, who was three of eight, two of two from the line, had one assist, did have three turnovers. So really a scoring bump from Goodwin here, but they needed it. And like you, like in the in the the scheme of the season, this is going to be like probably Goodwin's biggest contribution. So kudos to him. Yeah, um, you lay you lay you lay you make a compelling argument. I'm going to name myself as MVP for sitting through that game, but. Um, no, it's Brandon Goodwin. Like, this is a feel-good story. Um, this is a guy who's really grinded to get to this point. And maybe kind of like Lamar Stevens, um, he might be carving himself out at, like, a consistent role in this Cavs team going forward, maybe when they're a little more healthy. When you get Garland back and you get Marketing back, maybe JB finds a way to get minutes for Brandon Goodwin in the rotation. Let's see. Let's see how he looks against Houston, obviously, if he plays. Yeah. But... Um, I liked his demeanor when they asked him, like, kind of what his were. Chris Fedor tried to ask him if he was concerned about not getting minutes in Cleveland, and Goodwin's like, "No, my my job here is just to be ready." Like, I like that disposition and mentality. So as long as he stays ready and stays loose, that's great. But we'll see how he looks against Houston if he plays. 
Yeah, we'll see how uh, he thing how he kind of moves going forward. Binging. All right, Evan, uh, let's go to play of the night. So, look, I, I just got to shout out the last two defensive possessions of the game. This is, to me, where the Cavs ultimately sealed this win. These were just defensive possessions where the Cavs just kind of were playing really good team defense and hounded hounded it hounded New Orleans in a really really key way. So the first one, they're up ninety two to ninety. Devontae Graham goes up, tries to drive to the rim. They'd given him some easy floaters earlier in this game, and they hounded him there. Uh, creates a loose ball situation. Lamar Stevens gets the rebound. He makes the free throw, gives the Cavs a little bit of an edge. Then next possession, uh, Jared Allen is defending Jonas Valanciunas after an inbounds. He didn't always do great. Valanciunas had kind of like an annoying game if you're kind of looking at how they defended him. His strength was was a problem for the Cavs at times. But Allen kind of kept his arms up, used his length, made him throw a before shot. Um, and Lamar and they get a rebound, they win the game. And Cavs just kind of like buckled down on defense. They had a like sandwich in between was like, Evan, what's your least favorite Oreo like filling? Do you have like an Oreo filling you're not a fan of? Like, cause that's what the Jetty Osmond. Actually, I do have like one. Banana? I just like, no, um, there's this one like chocolate with like marshmallows inside it. And I thought it was going to be good in theory. And then I tried it and the marshmallows are like hardened, like gummy, like a Swedish okay, fish almost. Ter- yeah. It sounds terrible. So that it was an unpleasant, like even dunking it in milk and like even letting it soak up as much milk as possible did not make the marshmallows even more palatable. I actually had to really think about that because I had an answer. Yeah, that sounds terrible. But like the Jetty Osmond possession in between these two defensive possessions was like the anti-play of the night. And it was that Oreo feeling. That's my bad analogy of the night. I want your play of the night. Uh, my play of the night was when the final buzzer sounded. But in all seriousness, um, Jetty was pretty sharp as a playmaker tonight. And he had a career high 12 assists. Only... One turnover as well, which is noteworthy. But like, we didn't even give a shout out to Isaac Okoro. Like, one of his most efficient scoring nights. Oh, well, oh buddy, we'll, we'll we'll get. To, well, you know me. We'll get. To, we'll get to him. We'll get. To <clears> him. <throat> I'm just. I'm just getting you ready. That's all. Um, but there was a play where Osman like rifled the pa- a pass along the baseline to Okoro on in the in the opposite corner, and Isaac drained the three confidently. And JB Vickerstaff said it, and I agree with him. Like that, those were key shots that kind of swung the momentum back in the Cavs' favor to win the game. And again, we talked about this on Monday's episode. It's refreshing to see Isaac kind of look more confident and comfortable from three. And these are shots that kind of should make him feel more confident and comfortable from the perimeter. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Evan, stat of the night. Uh, Mine is something that Kevin Love did. So Kevin Love uh, had four blocks. Evan, the last time that Kevin Love had four or more blocks in a game has happened before, which is weird to think about in general was March 27th, 2012 against the Minnesota when he was with the Minnesota Timberwolves playing against the Memphis Grizzlies, okay? He has done it one other time in his career other than tonight and back in 2002. This was in 2009 when he was a rookie when the Wolves were playing the Knicks. This is like, you know, Kevin Love had kind of a the three-point shooting mattered like kind of offensively it took him a little bit to get going. He wasn't as efficient as you would like, was really key on on the glass. Um, but him just having like a credited, I think with four rebounds was like kind of absurd. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, the ESPN box only has him at two. So like, I got to double check the, the, the team's one to make sure that I'm not like hallucinating. Cause I know they said this on the broadcast, but um, yeah, Kevin Love, salute. Uh, the, 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 
Hoops OMG site that the Cavs PR team set up only has him for two blocks of the night as well. Well, you know so, what? So that's crazy that Kevin Love wanted four blocks in a game. So, like, you know what? That's I know, still, and that's especially because JB Bickerstaff said he doesn't have the athleticism or verticality to really get up there. Okay. Maybe I hallucinated John Michael saying he was credited with four blocks, but if I did, this is. Oh, no. Friend of the pod, Alona, uh, yeah, said that so, he also had a career high floor blocks, and she so knows you know better than Kevin Love at all yeah, times. That's true. Some little thirsty issue there. But look, Kevin Love. Probably should have got credit for a box just so my stat of the night can go through, if I'm being honest. But Evan, what's your stat of the night? <laughs> that's why. That's why. So your stat of the night can go through. Yeah, but my stat of the night. Your vibe is just, I'm going to like your, I'm going to carry your vibe into my vibe. So we're going to create some synergy here. Okay. Well, my stat of the night is the fact that Cavs got worked on the boards 51 to 37. That's part of the reason why the Pelicans were leading for most of this game, I think, is just. Cleveland got exposed on the interior again and two games in a row, but at least this time they were able to eke out a win. Um, sure, they can win ugly. And you can use all that vernacular all you want. And yes, they're fourth place in the Eastern Conference right now, I think. So, but I think the Cavs really got to do some soul searching and refine their identity because Houston is looming and that could be another trap game like the Pistons. Yes. Okay. Evan, we're going to take one break here, come back, talk about some of the things otherwise from the notebook in this game. But first, I'm uh, going to tell everyone about Bet Online. There may be less football being played right now because we're heading towards the big one. But BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season looking ahead to the big game. For scores, totals, players, performances, player props, to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And look, it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. That's BetOnline, and that's where the game starts. Okay, Evan, Isaac Okoro, as you alluded to, I think it's somewhere we should go next. A really, really impressive game. I thought very good defensively on Herb Jones. 25 minutes, 4-5 or five from the field, 2-2 two, two from 3, 4-4 four, four from the line, 3 rebounds, 1 assists against just 1 turnover, only 2 fouls, 14 points. Tattoo offensive rebounds as well, which I, I like seeing Isaac kind of crash the offensive glass. I, I really think that I under, he's still oh, growing, obviously. When he was yeah. wrapping up the game. Yeah, I... Isaac's throwing up the X. Isaac's good, man. War shots, War Eagle. Shots to Zach Blackerby. War Eagle's good. And uh, Isaac Ogoro's good. Yeah, he 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 is I, good. Did I throw I you think... with the did I throw you with the War Eagle call out here? In no, the... I was expecting more for from you on Isaac Okoro and your um I, you know <clears throat> overgrowing I, I, man crush on him. Look, I, I have I, I was you preparing know, my thoughts more. And yeah, I thing. was like, oh, here's, Chris is done. Look, I, I will readily admit that, like, I have, I, I'm not like a, f- a a fan really anymore. But what I what I do have is a what are you, I'm Chris? A spectator. I'm a, I'm a spectator. Check your bingo cards, folks. That's right. But like, I have a type, and like, it is the opposite of whatever Deion Waiters was in the NBA. And Isaac Okoro is like the opposite of the Deion Waiters. He is like really smart on defense. He is always in the right spot. He is like struggling to the offense, and he sometimes doesn't want to even have the ball in his hands. It feels like, but like. I think that dude's I think that dude's good. And like um I you know, one of the things we could look at like next year and or even like, you know, it, let's say they trade for Carousel, which I don't know if that's gonna happen, but let's say they do, like, do you start a core or start marketing? 
um, and how you kind of manage that will be really interesting. I think, you know, marketing maybe for the spacing, just that, that I think that there's a clear argument to do that. But I think you got to find ways to keep playing Isaac core 25 minutes. And I think the dude's just a winning player. And I think he's playing really confident, good basketball right now. Mm-hmm. And you got to, I think, I think you kind of got to, got to reward that. Um, do you have any Isaac thoughts? And because I think we need to talk about Jetty because like this was a wild Jetty game and I, I it was bad and I I just kind of think we need to talk about the 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 bad art bad tweet bad tweet that Jetty Osmond was in this game. Bad tweet, bad tweet. You haven't seen Succession, so you don't you know. Oh uh, right, uh, sorry. Watching Southern Succession right now and enjoying everything. Shouts to Gemstones, man. Such a good show. Uh, I like the old gemstone family more than the modern gemstone family. They, they do a re- the writing does a really good job to make the modern gemstone family as unlikable as possible, but still compelling enough to watch. It's like a car accident, but um, yeah, I think Isaac Okoro rules. Like you said, he is a winning player. The Cavs obviously will find minutes for him in the rotation, no matter what, just because they picked him fifth overall golly two years ago at this point and um, about like nine like nine years ago you know just yeah it's it's been in our lives for years it really does it's just time is a flat circle and relative and nothing really makes sense in this covid riddle world we live in but um no he's really fun and like i just the fact that like people were like already saying like oh lamar steven should get more minutes than him and this is gonna be my segue into my next point but I think you can play both of them because they're both just dudes that like play really hard on defense. And I think watching Isaac Okoro's evolution defensively over time, or like, again, Bickerstaff said to start his rookie campaign and the majority of his rookie season, just because it was weird because of COVID and everything. They just told Isaac to go out there and play as hard as humanly possible on whoever they ask him to defend. And nine times out of 10, it was the team's best perimeter player. And when you play the Nets, it's a little tricky because all three of the rest players are perimeter players. But Okoro played really well then. Like he showed some juice there. He showed some stuff offensively as a slasher, as a playmaker, as a creator, as a shooter at times. And like you're starting to see the evolution still on offense, sure. But like the evolution on defense, or like in terms of team concepts and just the stuff and the little things he does, it's just a lot of like what I was gushing about Mobley about early into his rookie Mobley's rookie campaign is. It's stuff I, that Isaac does on a night-to-night basis that you can't properly record on a box score. You have to really watch him, and he passes a lot of the eye test stuff. He mm-hmm. he's a type of player I like too. Or like you said, he's an anti Deion Waiters. He plays within the team offensively, but like busts his ass defensively. Like there's something really endearing about that for sure. Yes. And like that's a key and critical player to have in playoff scenarios too, where maybe you need Isaac to go out there and play shut down defense in the closing moments of game to maybe decide it's not a series, but maybe like swing a series back in your favor. Like there's going to be key moments in Isaac Okoro's career. I think with the Cavaliers that will maybe shift momentum for the Cavs in a positive way. And like he has on a night to night basis. And I think people like, like again, like when Okoro was out due to his hamstring stuff and his other issues, like people were like saying, Oh, the Cavs are much better that. And like, no, the Cavs are just better with Isaac Okoro because defensively they're a good team. Um, I'm really excited, honestly, to see how he defends Charlotte because you're taking a top five defensive team in Cleveland and a top five offensive team in Charlotte. It's gonna be like a it's gonna be a slugfest on Friday. Like I'm really looking forward to that game. But that that game's gonna be weird. Oh, it's gonna be weird for sure. Um, it's gonna have some serious implications, I think, in the playoff hunt in the end. But um, 
it'll be fun. But my my point I'm going to jump to though is like we mentioned Lamar and how he's a JV Vickerstaff type player. I think if you listen to the show enough times now, you know that like Chris and I will circle and harp on this point a lot that Lamar Stevens is a baller. Like he is a cultural guy. He's the heart and soul. Is, of he, his team. is he also is he also a shot caller? Yes, he is. Thank you. Um, God, you really are on that Evan wavelength tonight. I, I'm annoying. Um, I can see why Twitter hates me so much. But look, um, here's the thing, Evan. You got to not look at Twitter because Twitter is just really bad for your brain. That, that was Twitter's that was a joke. That's like Tony Romo joking about fumbling a, a snap in the closing moments of an overtime playoff game. Like respect, respect. That, that was that, that was that was me making a joke about myself just to lighten the mood a little bit. But you look at Lamar Stevens, who again, has carved out a role in this rotation. Like we talked about this when this Cavs seems fully healthy, like Lamar deserves minutes over Dean Wade and Dylan when they're by and far. Um, that's well, JD pulled Lamar for Dylan when at times against Detroit last night. So who knows what's up, but, um, didn't, I mean that, I mean, you got to try stuff sometimes and you need shooting, yeah. but like, boy, boy, we don't need to go talk about that again. No, we don't. We're, we're, we're on to, um, Houston. Like, um, Bill Belichick was on to Cincinnati, but, Like you look at Brandon Goodwin's game tonight against New Orleans, and I think this is just a really paramount thing. Like, no, I'm not saying the Cavs are the Miami Heat when in terms of like scouting undrafted talent or maybe talent that's in the G League that needs to be on Earth, and like you put in your ecosystem and incubate and have him just this player become like a not a key piece, but like a reliable depth option. So like when you need to turn to this player you're going to get something good from them. Like you're not going to get just absolute garbo. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just, you look at Lamar Stevens, you look at Brandon Goodwin tonight. Again, let's see how he looks against Houston. If he plays, let's see how he looks against Charlotte. If he plays, let's see how he looks against Indiana, just wrap up the Cavs week schedule and see how he plays. But there's moments where I've watched Brandon Goodwin play really. He's got some juice to his game. Like I called him like a diet Colin Sexton because like there's certain things like, Goodwin does just as a bucket getter and in terms of just like being like a secondary ball handler that plays well like yeah the 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 turnover that he had against Memphis was less than ideal in that game a while ago where it was when Jaw just went absolutely bonkers but you look at Brandon Goodwin you look at Lamar Stevens and it's really key for teams to like properly utilize the G League and maybe like Credit or credits to you, like Kobe Alvin and his staff. Like I think they're really good at like unearthing. Dean Wade's a good example of this. Dean Wade didn't just have a, didn't have a good game against the Pelicans tonight. He was good against Detroit. He was good at the games when he started for marketing. And like unearthing this undrafted talent who may not play consistently, but like you can turn to them and get consistent results, is a really good thing to have on this Cavs team. And I think like shouts to the Charge for developing some of these guys, especially Dean Wade and. I think just shouts to Cleveland's front office for kind of just figuring out the system a little bit and maybe realizing like, Hey, there's a lot of talent here. Let's utilize it. Yeah. We'll have to continue doing it. Um, going forward. Evan, last thing here. Okay. Jetty out. And I just want to run through the stat line because he started at point guard and then he kind of shifted more to his normal role on the wing. Bro, I like kids adept him when I said like, Oh, this is, this is a good Jetty Osmond game. And then it all just went. Yeah. Team high 38 minutes. They just kind of need him to do it. Through three of 16 from the field, 0 of 7 from three, 1 of 1 from the line, two rebounds, 12 assists, which is very good. Again, just one turnover. That's very, very good. And seven points. This was just like a very bonkers Jetty Osmond game. This is like the opposite. Hold on, I got my reaction. You keep talking. This is, this is the opposite of the Jetty games that we've seen for the most part. This is 
Jetty having to do a ton of stuff. This is Jetty having to do more of what you see him maybe do in international basketball. This is Jetty Osman just like unleashed in a way that is like kind of wild. But I, I think like him getting 12 assists on a night where like again, Goodman came in, provided scoring punch. We gave him a lot of credit. Osman having 12 assists when no one else on the team had more than three was needed and like you know the shot making was bad like i and i i could understand why there's like some people were like okay maybe you should pull him blah 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 but i i think just his ability to to at least move the ball a little bit and dribble and and do some stuff was useful even if the scoring output ends up being like incredibly ugly and he, he still remains like again maybe step above lamar and stuff in the pecking order here but like remains kind of like a more useful player that, than not even when he at least because he's doing some of the other stuff that they needed him to uh, just to quote Chris Manning from the other day where he doesn't smoke cigarettes, but I said I he, I needed this. This is my reaction to Jetty. There's not much. Didn't let it charge. But either way, like, yeah, I needed something watching Jetty Osmond shoot. But I agree. I think it was just a necessary thing. I think J.B. Bakerstaff hit the nail on the head by saying, like, Rondo just isn't physically equipped to play the minutes like Jetty played tonight, obviously. Um and you went out there and he was able to just give you serviceable minutes at the point. You kind of watch things and just see how things go. Um, <laughs> you just kind of really hope Darius Garland's back on Wednesday. That's all you really yeah. need. <laughs> Did I break your brain, Chris? You, you broke my brain, brother. That was, that was wild. Okay, Evan, any final thoughts? I know I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no for me as well. We're done here. Uh, a very busy Cavs Monday. They're back on well, Wednesday in Houston. Yeah, don't don't do that. Um, I don't even know if it's going to make it through YouTube. This is wild stuff. But look, Cavs are back on Wednesday, 8 p.m. tip-off in Houston. We'll talk about some more stuff ahead of that one on Wednesday. Uh, we're working on getting in front of the program Martin Rickman through to come talk about his big Darius Garland feature. He's very excited to round. have him on. He's doing the podcast rounds, but you know what? He's going to come to us because that's my guy. Only one of, only one podcast, one of the hosts. Least, Martin Rickman. You, Text us at rain a bit like one o'clock in the morning just saying that we rock. Like Martin. Yeah, I also I I also I also booked him for a ninety two three hit this week. So you know what? He owes he owes me. But look, if you want a great second listen today, check out Lockdown Bet, your daily one stop shop for your gambling needs. That's Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Again, we'll be back Wednesday ahead of Cavs Rockets. Until then, I'm Chris, he's Evan. Peace be well, be healthy. <laughs>